This is The UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. Welcome to episode number seven of the UU Perspective, where we provide weekly interviews with today's most inspiring Unitarian Universalists. Again, I'm Sharon Merrill, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and a member of the Unitarian Universalist Society of Cleveland. This show is going to focus on UU sharing their involvement in the community and the impact that they are making through their passion to make a difference. You'll hear what they've discovered in their journey, what they've done and how they've made a difference, and the impact they hope to see for the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations from your fellow UUs around the world. You're going to hear from Dr. Melanie Davis today. She is on the UUA staff and also the OWL Whole Lives Program Associate. She's a certified sexuality educator and supervisor through the American Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and their therapists. She teaches human sexuality courses at the Moravian Theological Seminary and also Widener University. She's the co-president of the Sexuality and Aging Consortium. She's a member of the UU Congregation of Somerset Hills in central New Jersey, and she is also a member of the UU Trauma Response Ministry. So let's get to it, and here is Melanie. All right, UUs, here we are again, and my special guest today is Melanie Davis, and she's from the UUA, and she directs the OWL program. And I've already given you a little overview about Melanie, but I'd like to have you, Melanie, tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. Well, I've been working for the UUA for about four years in the capacity of uh, the Our Whole Lives program associate. In addition to that, I am an adjunct professor currently teaching human sexuality courses at Moravian Theological Seminary and Widener University and Moravian College. I have a specialty in sexuality and aging, uh, and I'm co-president of the Sexuality and Aging Consortium, which is an outreach affiliate of Widener University. And I also do private work, uh, private educational work with individuals and couples in partnership with a gynecologist and a sex therapist. So that's a small part of my work. Um, So other than that, I'm a lifelong UU and a member of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Somerset Hills, which is in uh, central New Jersey. All right, great. And can you give us a little overview of how the OWL program started? Well, its precursor was a program called About Your Sexuality, and that, excuse me, was a popular program that was replaced after a task force met with the uh, United Church of Christ and the Unitarian Universalist Association that the time had come for a more comprehensive program. So the OWL, the concept of OWL as a lifespan program um, was developed and in 1999, the first edition was published, and shortly after, that was the grade 7 to 9 curriculum, and then shortly thereafter, um, the other curricular, kindergarten through first, fourth through sixth, um, there was a 10 through, tw- grades 10 through 12, 
then uh, young adult and adult editions were published. And right now I am writing um, Owl for Older Adults, which is designed for people ages 50 and up. Oh, interesting. What generated that for you to, to create that one? <laughs> well, my work outside of the UUA um, in sexuality and aging, um, I'm 55 myself right now. And, you know, as you age, you realize that, you know, your body changes, your um, friends changes, everybody's experiences kind of change. And the curriculum, while the adult curriculum is excellent, it includes a one workshop on sexuality and aging, um, whereas the, the interests of somebody in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s are very different, and the educational needs are very different than they are for somebody who's in their 30s and 40s. So this new curriculum is, is just a recognition of that. So um, that was my impetus for doing it, and, and the UUA was very excited about it and has embraced the idea. Now, is is that out yet, or is that still in development? No, I'm writing it right now. Oh, okay. And so we'll be field testing. It's a long process to develop a curriculum. Even just to revise a curriculum takes a couple of years. So writing a new one, then you have to field test it. So it's it's a lengthy process. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, you and I are the same age, so I'll be interested in that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's been really nice to hear how excited people are about, oh, sign us up for the field test. I'm like, okay, well, let me finish writing it first, and then we'll, then we'll uh, announce the field test. <laughs> right, right. So as the OUT program has developed over the years, what have you seen has been the biggest change? Well, the biggest change, uh, I mean, the, the curriculum, we're only, uh, we only just revised the grade 7 to 9, and it has changed quite a bit from the original. Um, Pam Wilson remains the author, but rather than having uh, only Pam Wilson involved, um, we now have the contributions of many contributing experts reflected in the second edition of the 7 to 9 curriculum. And we've added topics that are, are contemporary bullying and bystander responsibilities, social media and the Internet, consent education. There's uh, communicating with a sexual partner. Um, I added an element of sexual wellness to the final workshop, so that kind of ties everything together with a concept of, you know, your sex life, your sexual body isn't separate from your other body, you know, you have to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of contemporary things going on in this new edition. Um, right now, we're all, we're we've just started the revision of the grades four to six, and that's going to be reflecting much like the seven to nine does newer language about gender and orientation and bodies, and new ways of of approaching the same topics. In terms of changes outside of what's just in the the curricula. We have a lot more interest from people outside of our congregations. Other faith traditions, people from other faith traditions are using it, charter schools. There's some international inquiries being made. So there's just, it, it's growing uh, consider, considerably the awareness of it and um, interest in using it from outside. Did this originally start as a, a secular program? Well, OWL is secular. Okay. It's published, co-published by two faith traditions, but um, OWL itself is secular. The, the faith component comes in a companion volume called Sexuality in Our Faith, and that is um, a book with two halves. One half is the UU half, and one half is the UCC half. And the way it's used is, for example, if we have um, a workshop on gender identity, 
the OWL curriculum, you know, anybody can use it in any any setting. Um, when we use it in the UU settings and you use it with sexuality and our faith, there are questions that are asked to supplement. There's an opening ritual that involves a chalice lighting and, you know, the principle that applies to this lesson could be, and then it might be, you know, inherent worth and dignity or, you know, different different principles for different topics. And then repeatedly the participants are asked, so in in the UU tradition, how would we approach this? Or what what is our responsibility as a Unitarian Universalist as regards to understanding this topic or accepting ourselves? In the UCC half, there might be a, a, a reading from the Bible or a hymn. So their approach is you know, a bit different. But that's that's the faith component is a separate book. So it's it's nice because that means owl can be used in in all sorts of other settings. Yeah. Now you were talking about the revisions and over time is it all getting revised? Yeah, it has to be because times change. Uh there you know, even something simple like when um the grades four to six book was written, and I'm not quite sure what the date was, but it was around 2000-ish. It uses a book called It's Perfectly Normal. Well, It's Perfectly Normal just had its 20th anniversary. (laughs) So over the years, the home links, the the little homework assignments, the page numbers don't work anymore because the editions of It's Perfectly Normal have changed. So we just, we made available online now, um, we have a section of the OWL pages on the UUA website called Facilitator Resources. And we just said, if you're using this edition, these are the new page numbers. So there's there's things like that that are very, they're kind of easy, quick fixes. But then there are other things. For example, in the first edition, there's a lot of use of the term, you know, he slash she or she slash he. Mm. And when we can, um, without doing a wholesale revision, when we reprint, we can make little changes. So when we can do it without reformatting a whole page, we'll change that to they and, you know, try to be more gender-friendly and inclusive. Ah, okay, yeah. And is this ever offered over the Internet webinars in that way? It's not, and the question keeps being asked, and, you know, it's, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I think probably the most likely place to do that would be for the young adult curriculum. But part of the charm, I shouldn't say charm, part of the, the um, learning experience of being in an OWL program is being in the company of other people and sharing ideas and working together. Uh, now, of course, a well-designed online class can do that. It's just a very different experience that, you know, is a new way of teaching. And it would be particularly helpful for people in remote areas that don't have congregations or organizations that can offer OWL. But it's also a question of resources. Um, I work part-time for the UUA, so I, you know, I need to marshal my time and priorities. Um, so I don't know whether that will ha- ever happen, but, you know, it's, like I said, it's something that comes up as, a, as an interest area quite often. Right. The more people ask, and the, po- the possibility will be greater probably, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, we would really need to explore how it would change the um, the way OWL is experienced. What do you find is the biggest challenge in creating this course and getting it out there to people? The OWL for older adults in particular? Well, Or OWL in general? In general. The greatest challenge. Well... 
it's not a challenge. Um, I mean, the, the con- not all congregations use OWL. Of course, we wish they would. It's a wonderful program. But not all congregations have the, the um, people power to do it. You know, you want at least 10 people in an OWL program so that you can have good dialogue. And uh, a lot of the uh, grade levels include some role-playing, you know, what would you do in this situation kind of activities. That's just hard to do if you have fewer than 10 people. And a lot of our congregations just don't have the numbers of people at a, at, in the same age cohort to make that possible. That's one challenge. Another challenge in terms of growing it outside of our congregations is that no one has conducted the research on OWL to be able to claim that it's evidence-based. And most school districts require um, the proof that it lowers pregnancy rates or lowers STI, sexually transmitted infection rates, or delays sexual onset. And we are pushing now, we're, we're in discussions with two universities to, to do some research on OWL so that we can say, hey, you know, this is the impact that OWL has. We know anecdotally that OWL has a positive impact on people because we hear from parents and we hear from people who've been through the program saying this was a life-changing experience for me, but nobody has put that in a journal. You know, we're we're limited in whether school districts can purchase OWL, so that's, that's, uh, that's a big challenge there. Yeah, okay. So, How do people become trained to facilitate this? Well, we have a three-day training. They generally start on Friday evening around 4 or 5 o'clock and then run until Sunday afternoon. They're held across the country. There's a calendar on the OWL web pages. If, if people go to uua.org slash re slash OWL, that's where you find everything related to OWL. Um, and there's a calendar of trainings there. Can tra- they cost uh, everything, right? It ranges depending on who's hosting it and what they choose to charge, but sometimes it's between $150 and $350 to attend. And we have a team of approved trainers who, you, there's two trainers for every training at each grade level. It's a process of, yes, you go over the curriculum and you learn what's in the curriculum and you learn how to peer facilitate, but it's also a process process of self-assessment and also trainer evaluation of your comfort and capability to facilitate a class like OWL and comfortably talk about sexuality and understand the concepts of the difference between biological sex and gender, using language that is inclusive so that you're not constantly saying, well, she or he, and your opening space for queer people. Um, you know, it, it's a process of learning this. And, and some people come in gung-ho, really eager to do the work, and some people are sort of been dragged in by their religious educator. <laughs> we can't find anybody else. And so, you know, for them, it's a process of, you know, gee, is this the work that I really feel that I can, can comfortably do? You know, we have congregational polities, so we can't mandate that congregations do it, but as close as we can come to that, we do, because you know we we take a vow and we dedicate babies to to take care of them and give a, give our best to them, and so the owl training is part of that, making sure that the people who are sexual educators, sexuality educators for our kids, are prepared in the best way to do that. 
and we recommend the training for people who aren't in our congregations as well. People who are going to be using it in a secular setting are absolutely welcome and encouraged to take the trainings. In the schools, are, are the teachers getting trained? Sometimes, yes. Um, we've had doctors be trained. We've had all sorts of people from all walks of life. We have a lot of people who will call and say, well, I've worked for Planned Parenthood and isn't that good enough? And, you know, Planned Parenthood has wonderful curriculum and, and wonderful educators, but that's different than working with a curriculum that is so based on, on values as opposed to just here are the facts. So we do encourage the training. And, and we actually have trainers who are not based with the UCC and UUA. We have, they're called community trainers. Mm-hmm. And they're psychologists, they're Planned Parenthood folks, they're sex therapists, they're general population people who are working in community um, youth-serving or adult-serving agencies. So we really have a lot of different people represented both as trainers and as facilitators. Okay. Tell me a little bit more about the curriculum. Does the different levels, do they have the same materials in them? What is covered in in the different areas? They start with a basis of they're all comprehensive. So uh, that means that it's looking at sexuality from a holistic way, that you don't just look at how body parts fit together to make babies. You're actually looking at our bodies, our right to enjoy our bodies, our right to have healthy bodies. So we have all these concepts in all of the levels. And then within that, they're developmentally, developmentally appropriate. So in, in kindergarten, you're learning about your body and how babies are born. In the four to six, you're learning about your body changing and your social life changing a bit as you prepare for or enter into puberty. In the seven to nine, that's the foundational, bigger, that's 20, 25 um, workshops across the year usually or at least half a year. People span it if they double it up. Um, and that covers everything from you know, what sexuality is to using your sexuality responsibly. And then the 10th grade goes into a little bit more of depth of relationships and exploring different types of sexuality, and then young adult and adult carry that on to different interest levels. All of them use the same circles model of sexuality, which breaks down sexuality into components of sensuality, intimacy, sexual identity, sexual health and reproduction, and sexualization, which is how we use our sexuality. So that's in every grade level. The other thing that carries across every grade level are the OWL values of self-worth, sexual health, responsibility, justice, and inclusivity. Are there other churches that want to use the curriculum? I was approached one time by another faith tradition, someone from another faith tradition who said, well, we'd, we'd like to use the OWL curriculum, but can we do it without all that LGBT stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, you can't, because that's one of the OWL values, that justice and inclusivity is threaded throughout every grade level, throughout <laughs> every lesson. It just would not be OWL if you took that out. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And and that's where the OWL has its own values. And when you asked earlier about the the faith component, the Unitarian Universalist and United Church of Christ congregations, you know, are on board with the OWL values. 
they're re- respected and honored by our religious traditions, but they are not our religious values because we have the principles and they have their Christian traditions. Right. But we're on board with those owl values. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were mentioning it can take a year or half a year. Is that is it generally a year to go through the whole curriculum? Well, the longest one is the seven to nine curriculum. It really depends on who's running it because we have some congregations that every Sunday you come, you have an owl class. And the only time you don't have an owl meeting is when you have an interfaith, or not interfaith, intergenerational service or a holiday, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, other congregations will say, well, we're going to do, instead of Sunday mornings, we're going to do Sunday afternoons or evenings, and we're going to back-to-back lessons so we can knock out an owl program in half the time. Some will also do owl retreats where they will do one lesson on Friday night and then see some, you know, fun movies and popcorn and stuff. And then Saturday, maybe they'll do two lessons or at the most three. We try to try to get people to do fewer rather than more just to honor the way adolescents learn. Mm-hmm. But then you have the, the kindergarten through first grade program that's only eight workshops. And so those are better to do one a week rather than doubling up. Sure. Okay. Do you have a story about someone who was impacted by the program? <laughs> well, one of what a parent told me once that their daughter came back from the first day of high school saying, Mom, all those kids do is talk about sex. And because I had been through Owl, I knew that most of it was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I mean, I, one of my daughters, I heard her on the phone counseling a friend of hers about, uh, who a friend had just gotten the birth control pill, and um, because my daughter had been through OWL and had had the lesson on contraception, mm-hmm. um, she said, no, you're not protected the first day you start taking the pill. You have to wait a month. So, so a lot of our graduates become peer educators. Mm-hmm. I heard from one parent who said that her son was able to challenge an English teacher who had said something. Um, I don't remember what what the dialogue was, but her son was able to challenge the teacher because she was inaccurate in a statement that she made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then on a more important, you know, life-changing kind of note, we have had young people who have felt for the first time able to disclose sexual orientation or gender identity that differed from their their experti- expectations mm-hmm. of their parents or their peers and because they felt safe and they knew that their peers understood a bit about gender and orientation and they could come out safely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those, those are the really, you know, uh, important times when, when you feel that you can be who you are in, in a setting. You mentioned that you've put the bullying component inside of the curriculum. Has mm-hmm. that been impactful, too? Well, you, you know, the new curriculum only was published in November, so we don't oh. know. Oh, okay. I think it's probably, I mean, we have heard feedback from people saying that, that they like the new curriculum. There has, the, you know, to our relief, we haven't heard people saying it's, you know, I would change this and I would change that because, you know, a lot of people have a very strong opinions about things. And I think the, the fact that, we, that we've that we heard positive comments rather than 
a lot of negative comments means that people are really appreciating it and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I've missed in talking about the OWL program that, well, I haven't talked about it, you have, that uh, <laughs> you, would, you would like to add on to that that I've... Well, I think that there is a tendency for people to think, well, everybody ought to be using OWL. And that's just not the case. OWL is not the best solution for every situation. We know it's used in all sorts of settings. Um, A friend of mine was using it in uh, correctional facilities in uh, another state in the Midwest. So it's been used with all kinds of audience. We know that there are people who are using it in other countries and kind of informally translating it. But we can't say that it's great for, you know, if, if you're in an Inuit culture in Alaska, you know, it might not be appropriate. Mm-hmm. It's not been written for cross-cultural competency in all sorts of different cultures. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. need to be careful about just willy-nilly using a curriculum. You really need to think about the culture you're taking it into and what their needs are and um, whether the curriculum can either be adapted appropriately or the or you're better serving them by guiding them to a different curriculum. Kind of like the person who said, I like the curriculum, but can I take all the LGBT stuff out of it? <laughs> right. Um, you know, that person would probably be better served by finding a curriculum written by by their faith community. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I wanted to ask you, what is a quote that inspires you? The quote that inspires me that I keep on my my bulletin board is from a book called The Miracle of Right Thought by Orison Sweat Martin. And the quote is, do not be afraid to demand great things of yourself. Powers which you never dreamed you possessed will leap to your assistance. That's my quote. (laughs) I like it. All right. (laughs) And then what I ask everyone as a guest on the show is to answer, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? I think our emphasis on social justice and action is really important. And the fact that it can be threaded through so much of what we do and whether it's somebody who you know, the most that they can do is put food in the food box on a Sunday morning, but that's still something that's encouraged and and respected. Um, To those who are able to march or give big talks to big crowds or to, you know, those of us who are doing social justice through our direct work, like me with the OWL program, and those who are sending their children to OWL or attending an OWL class as an adult, um, that whole working toward understanding our place in the universe and our responsibility to other people, I think, is is how we can change the world. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for telling us more about the OWL program. It's been great to have you here. And we look forward to seeing more things come out of the program and whether it's in the revisions. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing about the one for the over 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'd love to be back on your show when it comes out. Yes, yes definitely. <laughs> to put that out there is a big introduction for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right. Thanks for listening to the UU Perspective. And just want to give you a little heads up. Millie and I didn't get to talk about it, but she has a new book out called Look Within, A Woman's Journal. And you can catch that in the show notes, the link to that. And check us out at iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Download, subscribe. And you can also find us at the uuperspective.com. And you'll find all the show notes there from each guest and what they've talked about and what we've referred to. So again, we'll see you next time on the UU Perspective Podcast. <music>